And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com online. The segment we uh, we love to start into, Paul, that would be all about natural fancy colored diamonds. The seminar just happened. How was it? It was great success. Um, we didn't get as many people showing up as we'd like to. The weather was a, a little off that day. But uh, it was a great success. Uh, Jeremy gave the presentation on um, diamonds, and Darren gave a presentation on precious metals. You know, investing in natural fancy colored diamonds is not the easiest thing to do. It takes a little bit of education in educating the client. Um, We have a, a website where we go out and procure the best of the best in natural fancy colored diamonds, whether being yellows, pinks, blues. We try to find the best diamonds that we can possibly find. Now, at one time, we were showing... You know, the prices, our appraisals, everything up on the website. And, you know, competition is good, but a lot of our competition that were going and showing our product, taking their clients, and then undercutting us. Hmm. The difference is, is not about undercutting our prices, it's undercutting the product. We really go out of our way to find the best product, to meet Guildhall's criteria of a, a our collection. Now, what that means is, first of all, the color is the most important thing that we look for, that a diamond is even saturated. You know, Nicole that's on the show today with us uh, is a GIA uh, diamond grading graduate, and she knows an awful lot about, you know, why diamonds, uh, some diamonds are rarer than others, and what makes a beautiful, natural, fancy color diamond. And she's probably going to speak a little later on this. The next thing we look at is the cut of the diamond. Now, you know, a cut of a diamond is like a bad haircut or a bad suit. You know, why can you go to Hong (laughs) Kong and get a suit made in, you know, 24 hours for $100 when you can go to, you know, Armani makes a suit or a Brioli for, you know, $3,000, $4,000. There's a big difference. There's a difference in the cloth. There's a difference in the cut. There's a difference in the care that's making it. Mm -hmm. That's what the same thing on a diamond. Uh, It's the same thing. You know, I can talk about real estate. You can get a bad builder and you can get a good builder. A bad builder, you know, the concrete cracks. A year in. Everything starts to go wrong. So cut is really, really important when we buy a diamond. And carat weight, um, natural fancy color diamonds, especially in yellows, we try to get the investment grade, which is over a carat. Now, on pinks, we sell argyle pinks um, predominantly, and we sell VS quality, which is one of the highest clarities that you can get in pink diamonds. They normally come a quarter of a carat and above. You don't see huge diamonds because... They're so, so expensive and so rare. And, you know, the Argyle mine, for example, that produces 90% of the world's pink diamonds, most of the diamonds are small diamonds. And the quality of the diamonds that we sell have to be a VS quality, which means very slightly included. Now, finally, uh, what we, we look at is, as I said, is the color, the cut, the clarity, and the carat weight. And... You know, it's important, the clarity, that when you're buying a diamond, there's a lot of diamonds that have, would actually come SI1, SI2, which means they have a lot of inclusions. And with a lot of inclusions, you can actually see them with a the naked eye. So 
all those four things together, those four C's are important. So when people go to our website and look at our collection, we've gone to the best of the best people to buy our product. We're not the cheapest, and I can tell you right now, but you know, we're not Cartier and we're not Tiffany's and we're not Graf Jewelers where you're paying tremendous amount above the price because of the retail space. But they procure the best of diamonds, and so do we. We go to the same cutters and polishers, and we bring these diamonds to our clients. These are the type of diamonds that increase in value. A natural fancy colored diamond will go up anywhere from 12% to as much as 50% a year. Hmm. It all depends, again, the color, the clarity, the cut, and the size of that diamond. We expect our customers to buy a diamond, to hold a diamond, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years. These diamonds tend to double every four to five years. So if you're looking, for example, at retirement or you're looking to put your kids through university, I'm in my mid-60s and we have a lot of investors are in the late 50s, 60s and 70s that are buying diamonds. Why are they buying natural fancy color diamonds? The reason that they're actually buying them, first of all, it's an investment that's safe, secure, it's an insurable asset, and since they've been keeping records for the last 40 years, they've never, ever dropped in price through recessions, depressions, mm. all types of uh, bank problems, uh, dot-com problems, everything that you can name that's gone wrong in the economy, natural fancy color diamonds have withstood that type of problem. So let's talk about a diamond. For example, if you buy a diamond for $25,000 and you hold on to that diamond for 10 years, especially an argyle pink, you could be looking at anywhere from seventy-five dollars to $100,000 for that diamond. We're selling the best diamonds that we can get to produce, to give to our clients, to get them to make money and have a great, great investment. John, why don't you give out some numbers, mm-hmm. first of all, so they can, you know, call. We also have an, um, Nicole wrote a fabulous uh, booklet on how to buy a natural fancy color diamond, and that's completely free of charge. So if our listeners want to get that booklet, um, they can, you know, get, get it from the website or if they want to call in for it. And that number is one eight seven seven eight silver on therealmoneyshow.com. And she is in here, studio, the queen of diamonds, one of Canada's foremost experts on colored diamonds. Nicole, five years ago, uh, I could have walked up to anybody in the street and said, what is a yellow diamond? Nobody would have known. Now so many people know and are aware of the value of these things, right? Correct, yes. So why, what is it with the yellow diamonds? A, a lot of that has to do with uh, social media consumption and hmm. seeing, you know, Carrie Underwood, wearing her yellow diamond engagement ring, Katy Perry, Heidi Klum. I mean, the list goes on and on. So Jennifer Lopez, of course, with her pink diamond engagement ring from Ben Affleck and then her blue diamond that she got from Mark Anthony from her year anniversary with him. Even though those marriages ended, she's got a nice little collection that keeps growing. And because celebrity culture is so huge nowadays with internet and all these um, sites, gossip sites, we're exposed to just so much more. Then what happens is that carries on to the street level. You start seeing them in more stores, and it's in fashion. And the other part of it is that with a colored diamond brings a certain sense of uniqueness. You can express your individuality. So nowadays, brides-to-be are thinking, 
oh, I don't need to just have a white diamond. I could have a gemstone. I could have a pink diamond. I could have a yellow diamond. And they're extraordinary. And it's almost like once you get that taste of a mm-hmm. color diamond, your white diamond kind of pales in comparison. So I think a lot has to do with the social culture. And it really is portable wealth, as Paul says every week, well, right? You have it absolutely. on you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the rarity. I mean, you know, Nicole, what makes a diamond so rare? It's It's the fact that Mother Nature only created what could be created billions of years ago, over 4 billion years ago, under extraordinary conditions, intense heat and pressure. And that's all that we have available. So for every 10,000 white diamonds mined, only one will be considered a natural fancy color diamond. And we always tell our clients that that doesn't mean that that's investment grade. So when you're looking for investment grade, what we carry at Guildhall, it's a handful. And especially when you have such high clarities and extraordinary color. But like Paul was mentioning, natural fancy color diamonds, especially investing, it's all about the color. So the more saturated a color, the better the value. And certain colors are rarer than others. So you've got reds are completely rare. Most jewelers have never seen a red. Come on, really? Yeah. So and most jewelers, 98% of the jewelers in North America have never seen a colored diamond. So that kind of tells you. A lot of appraisers too. Wow. So so the fact that there just isn't a lot above ground, mines are closing. We always are talking about the Argyle mine that's closing. They've extended it again to th- 2020, but it's going to end, you know. So, It'll be slim pickings by that time, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, and then uh, we also have a lot of older mines for yellow diamond mining that will be closing soon. I mean, Argyle is one of the li- largest. They've been operating for a quarter of a century already. But uh, they will be closing, and then as time goes on, the yellow diamond mines will be closing, and there just doesn't appear to be any other color diamond mines coming on board. We still got a couple minutes. You know, people who listen to the show every week have got some education on color diamonds. But you penned the ten uh, step buying guide, right? So I know what a color diamond is. Now I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go out and get one. How to procure a diamond? What is the, what is the guide going to tell me? Right. So the reason I created the guide is because there are more companies coming along, and more interest, more awareness. It's confusing when you try to figure this out on your own, going from website to website, it's confusing. And also, there isn't any manual, any book you can go get at chapters or download. So you need to know what you're doing. And I tried to create something that was very easy. So you're not looking at pages and pages. It's an overview. If you want to get more information, you can always call us. But I tried to make it very simple what to look for. And I think that the 10 steps cover everything that you need to make your a successful purchase. Are they in order of importance or just 10 general steps you should be aware of? Um, they're sort of important right, because okay. I'll, I'll tell you the first one, color. Yep, That's the yep. number one thing that you want to look for when you're searching for a natural fancy color diamond. It is all about the color. Yeah, and, and then as I said before, it you know it's the cut. The cut the cut brings out the fire and the scintillation that make of the diamond. Uh, you know, most people don't understand when we procure a diamond. As many as seventeen people have touched that diamond from the time it came out wow. of the ground to the person that put the first. A facet in that diamond to look inside the diamond to the person that polishes it to the person that sells it at the end but there's as many as 17 people so you really you know need to know what you're looking at um i've been a collector for a long time and i've learned the lesson the hard way 
um, you know, seeing is believing. You really have to see what you're getting into. And that's why we like people to come to our office, look at the diamonds. The diamond will choose you. You won't choose the diamond. We'll take a short break. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver on the realmoneyshow.com. Make sure while you're there, you look for and pick up the 10-step buying guide to buying a natural fancy color diamond. Nicole wrote it. It's something you really need for your collection and your education. And back with more of the Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver and the realmoneyshow.com. Darren, want to go to you right away uh, talking natural fancy color diamonds. You got the blues, my friend. You got the blues. Well, we're just saying in the break that uh, it's important for new buyers to understand in a comparison the difference between colors. And Nicole does a great job of highlighting the differences when she's talking to a a potential client or buyers or at seminar. And um, one of the things that's important in a key segment in understanding why it is each diamond is priced the way it is, is that certain colors are even though rarity is a key ingredient in the value of a diamond, certain colors are even more rare than others. And for example, when you look at reds, they're the ultimate rarest diamond. We've sold few in our uh, time that we've been here, but to understand a red is to understand the highest value of color diamond in the world. And uh, the per carat cost is very extremely high. Now, there's never been a region in the world in particular which has brought uh, above ground a tremendous amount of reds. It's not like we've seen one mine produce tons of reds and then go by the wayside. It's never been a plentiful type of diamond, colored diamond. So the prices for those diamonds have remained uh, very high throughout the last uh, number of decades. Now, behind reds are blues, and there was a period in time uh, much more uh, closely related to yellows in which blue diamonds coming out of South Africa and places like that were slightly more plentiful. So you could find them in in different places. And one thing that many investors don't know is that a lot of blues... Uh, come uh, internally flawless. It's it's a hallmark of the stone, and a lot of them are IF stones. But um, Argyle does produce some blues. They tend to have grayish blues, but uh, pure pure blues start to elude them now. But the idea here is that if you're looking at a stone, let's say you want to spend ten or twelve or fifteen thousand on a yellow. It's a great way to get acclimatized as a collector and start your collection very simple. And yellows, what we like about them is they're becoming the next blue, the next pink. We know the Argyle mine is going to cease production at some point in the next decade. And when that happens, uh, the price per carat for pinks will skyrocket, similar to what happened when the last producing blue uh, diamond mine in South Africa closed its doors. You no longer found that the blues were as plentiful and almost immediately after that the price of blues doubled and tripled and that's one of the things that's going to and we anticipate, you know, over the next decade, happen to yellows. Well, that's what happens with blues. For example, Christie's and Sotheby's, Mm -hmm. for every 112 Picassos that go into auction there's only one blue diamond. That's crazy. So you know, they're extremely rare and they were, you know, sizable diamonds and they've been kept, you know, for 50 years, 100 years. And they were, you know, basically royalty that owned, you know, these diamonds. So to find a, you know, a one carat vivid, internally flawless, we had one that we sold a, a little while ago last year. Uh, in one year, it went from an appraisal of 950 to a million and a half. Wow. In one year, and that was a 106 vivid blue, a small, small diamond. So we know the pinks are extremely rare. And then we're talking about yellows. If you're buying an internally flawless stone, this is a stone that's going to make you money. You can put it away, whether you put it away for 5, 10, 15 years. 
as I said in the previous segment, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, don't want to take risk anymore. You know, if you're in your 50s, 60s, you know, the stock market rate is up at the moment. You know, the bullion market a little volatile at the moment. Oil is a little volatile. You just want to be in something safe, secure that you can take, put in a safe deposit box, even put into a piece of jewelry, but put it away, sit on it for 10, 15, 20 years and get an unbelievable return. So when I talk about an unbelievable return, we talk about reds before, you know, 30 years ago, you could have bought a one carat red for about $30,000 a carat. Today, you're looking at about 1.8 million. If you can find you know, a VS quality in a, in a red diamond, especially in a fancier and intense in a red. As an example, in the mid-70s, you could have bought a one-carat red VS quality diamond for around about 30000 a carat. Today, you're looking at around about $1.8 million to $2.3 million if you can find, you know, a fancier and intense in a VS quality. Um, again, blues are doing extremely well. Pinks, the Argyle mine, as we discussed, is closing in 2010. We have some unbelievable Argyle diamonds, VS quality. In my opinion, we have diamonds that are ranging at about 125000 This is the type of diamond in within 10 years could easily fetch half a million dollars. Uh, we have a, a tender diamond. Now, the Argyle tender is, is a really interesting uh, subject. Once a year, they take the finest collection of their diamonds, which is about a not even a teacup uh, full of diamonds, half a teacup of their finest diamonds, and they put on a tender. And a tender travels from New York, Perth, Australia, and to Hong Kong. In that collection is normally about 55 to 60 diamonds. This year there's 55 diamonds. And out of the argyle pinks and purplishly pinks, and there's, I think, a couple of, maybe even a red in there uh, this year. Um, we haven't, We didn't go to the... Uh, tender this year, but we went the previous years. Um, but this year only, there is four VS quality diamonds. Four VS. Now, on our website, we actually have four VS Argyle diamonds. One of them is a tender diamond. Again, it's on for about $390,000. Within 10 years, this diamond could be over a million dollars. That's what they're fetching. This is the type of price, and this is the type of investment that is safe, secure, an insurable asset that is only going to go up in price because there's no more mines coming on on site. It's not like you've got a turnkey operation, you turn the key and away you go and drill for mines. It just doesn't happen. We have right now, if you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, you're going to see some fancy internally flawless yellow stones, magnificent stones. Uh, one of the stones is a 101 carat cushion, um, the appraisal on the stone is actually 24000 We have it on for $9,995. What a great stone to get started, just under $10,000. You can just step up a little bit and go to a 110, um, which is, again, a beautiful uh, radiant uh, cut diamond. Uh, that's on for $11,495, $11,500. Great, great stone. We have... Um, Another few stones in a little bit larger size, a 123, which is almost a carat and a quarter, mm -hmm. for $12,495. Unbelievable stone, beautiful cushion cup. This is the type of stone as well that you could put into a piece of jewelry. But let's take $12,500. You sit on this stone. They tend to double every five to seven years. Let's be conservative, 12% a year. Uh, this stone could easily be worth in 10 years' time you know, close to $50,000. In 20 years, you can be talking about $100,000. 
if you know you you're invested you've got stocks that are not doing well you know real real dogs you know you're still holding nortel maybe uh, you know uh, n- not there anymore or uh, uh, you know the other one with the telephone the other telephone company um but again this is a great great investment but we go up we've got about seven or eight of these fancies that we brought in we bought a parcel um, they are great, great investments. In actual fact, I've got a 204 carat. It's not even on the website. I just brought it in. It's appraised at $50,000. We're doing that stone for 24995 hmm. It's an unbelievable stone. will make somebody a beautiful ring, a beautiful uh, wedding ring, or engagement ring, or a present, a 25th uh, wedding anniversary. Will be just a wonderful, wonderful present. Or even if you're looking forward to Christmas, you know, where you could put something away and have work with our designer, work with Nicole, and make a beautiful piece, whether it's a ring, whether it's a pendant, or even if you want earrings, we can do something very, very special. But this is an investment that, while you're wearing it, is going to increase in value. How many things do you know that can go up in value while you're wearing them and using them and, and getting the beauty of it? one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show com Nicole. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out is that in our industry, there's two events that happen that help to dictate value in natural fancy color diamonds. One is the JCK show, which happens once a year in Vegas, and that's the world's largest uh, diamond and jewelry show. And we see prices, they always jump up at this particular show. Demand is very high. And the other one, of course, is the Argyle tender. And the reason that we are so big on the tender is not just because we love our Argyles, but what happens is every year the prices seem to go up about 30%. Mm. Just because there's so few and, and such demand and they're so magnificently beautiful. But that actually trickles down into the natural fancy color diamonds of all colors. So then... You'll see a few months later, by the end of the year, yellows are now jumping up again. So that's one of the reasons we find it so interesting. Now, what's going to come about from the Argyle tender is going to also be very interesting because Sotheby's Hong Kong is having their magnificent jewel sale, jewelry sale in October. And there's an 8.41 carat um, pear-shaped, internally flawless, fancy, vivid pink diamond that just looks extraordinary. And it's expected to fetch between 12.8 and 15.4 million. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. That's US dollars, not Hong Kong dollars. Right, right, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at the tender to see where the price goes on this diamond. And the one diamond in particular that I'm watching for with the uh, Argyle tender is the Argyle Rosette. It's gorgeous. It's a um, fancy, intense, purplish pink VS2. So if you recall, Paul was talking about how there's only a handful, less than a handful of VS diamonds in that tender. We can't wait to see what's going to happen because at Guildhall, we only carry VS. And a lot of people can't understand in the industry, if we're carrying Argyle, which is already the most exquisite, the most rare, why aren't we carrying SI? Why do we only carry VS? And that's because we have a strong, strong ethic, and we want everything to be high, high-quality investment grade so that our clients make money. Well, if those diamonds at the tender up going way up like that, that really, that, I mean, all boats rise with the tide. That means your current clients who own Absolutely. these diamonds are going to get more increase out of them, right? Absolutely. And one of my favorite things, and I always say it every time I'm on air, is that I love when we get diamonds reappraised for our clients because nothing is more rewarding when you see that their their investment has gone up. It's the best feeling. I always call them with the happy news and send them the reappraisal, and it's uh, amazing for investors. We'll take a short break. The number to call uh, sounds interesting. Pique your interest. Get on at one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com. 
Broadcasting in the Chorus Radio Network and worldwide via the web for over six years. You're listening to The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth Management. Today in studio, we have the president of Guildhall, Paul Wiseman, as well as senior analyst Darren Long, well-respected bullying community they are and have been addressing and speaking with the public at large with their seminars and speaking engagements for a combined 21 years. Guildhall's been helping people the world over back since 2002 to purchase and own physical gold, silver, and colored diamonds. Uh, to get in touch, you want to go to the website, therealmoneyshow.com, and one eight seven seven eight silver is the uh, the number to call. Question right off the top for you, Darren. Are you prepared? I am prepared. Good. Focus, something. son. Uh, why invest in gold and silver at this point when we're seeing like repeated signs that the economy may be improving, the basic data like GDP and unemployment appear to confirm it, the stock markets continue to rise, and for gold and silver remain range-bound? Answer me that. Well, it's a big mouthful, and in, in what you're basically saying is that, you know, at this point in time, if I'm an investor, what am I looking at, you know? And uh, to be honest, I know the way people think, and the basic sentiment out there, if you're a random investor or just a average Joe, is that why would I buy silver and gold? God, I can't even make money in my stock portfolio. Right. I hear the stocks are rising all the time. How about me? I'm not making anything. And uh, the truth is, you can look at it from multiple different perspectives, but with the amount of reading I do every week, and you know, I don't uh, suggest that everybody go right out there and read every little thing they can, because sometimes it can give you the wrong impression, and if you don't know where to look for the right data, you can get confused. But uh, when we talk about this, I really like to break it down in a very simple form, and the, you know, the case for, for gold and silver right now is very simple. If you give in and don't want to buy, let's take a look at that for a second. Bullion sales at the U.S. Mint are in decline. Let's go with that for a second. That's mm-hmm. a headline that I pulled out this week, and it's you know basically an article which says sales for both gold and silver coins at the U.S. Mint have gone soft. Um, you know, one ounce American si- uh, silver eagle coins, which we sell on our e-commerce site now, we're going to talk more about it during the show, have been in a slump all summer and are down about 41% from 2013. And that's the stat from June to August versus uh, last summer. Um, if gold buyers are buying less, shouldn't you as an investor? And if I'm an investor and I read that article, I'm probably listening. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you know, why would I be buying something that's not going up in value? The interesting thing, though, Darren, is that if people are buying less, how come I'm backordered from my suppliers on 100-ounce bars and 1-ounce gold bars? If they're so easily, and there's a ton of merchandise out there, why is it taking two, three weeks to get delivery? Well, that's the point at hand, Paul, and this is the significance of understanding due diligence, the process of doing it. Now, if I wanted to be bold instead of fold, instead of walk away from gold, and I wanted to turn around and buy gold at this point, here's what I'm looking at. Central banks continue to hoard gold at record levels. Russia, Mexico, Kazakhstan, uh, Tajikistan, all the different stands of Serbia, Greece, Ecuador. I mean, I can go on and on. They've all reported higher gold reserves this summer. Further contrary to that mainstream expectation of lower prices, almost no central bank has liquidated its gold hosing, the gold holdings. Just the opposite. Gold hosing? That's correct. Okay. A little Freudian slip there. That's there. right. Easy. Sorry. <laughs> but in the second quarter of this year, central banks bought over 118 tons or 3.8 million ounces. It's a 20% increase over quarter two of 2013. Now, that's the smart money. Central banks versus what we would not say is the stupid money, but is not central bank money. They've now been net buyers for 14 consecutive quarters and are on pace to surpass the record of 409 tons or 13.1 million ounces that was set 
just last year, right in the middle of this going down in price where sentiment tells us we shouldn't be buying gold and silver. Why are they buying? Paul's right. For the people that are buying physical bars and coins, there have been delays. And in dollar terms, central banks have invested $27.1 billion in gold from January 2013 through to June of 2014. And this excludes all Chinese data because we can't trust it. By the end of 2013, central banks around the world were estimated to hold 30 thousand five hundred tons of gold just under one billion ounces this is a new record and it does represent about one-fifth of all gold ever mined all right question for you again central banks put an unhappy economy face when the uh, you know talking to the public but behind closed doors these guys are they're gobbling up gold they're buying bars putting them away in storage why yeah, well, listen, that's the other point that's a part of this uh, argument. If central banks are buying, why are they buying? Right. Well, if it were time to sell, they wouldn't be buying. That's the pure fact of the matter. But instead, they're stockpiling bars of gold. Well, that was interesting. That's Nicole's cell phone, but actually sounded like an order being taken. That's for sure. If this were true and, and you know, you didn't believe it, Let's look at the fold side of the argument. If I want to give in and not buy gold and silver while the U.S. dollar is strengthening, let's look at that argument for a second. The U.S. dollar index, as of the last couple of months since May, has shot up about 6-7%. That's an uncharacteristically strong move for a currency. The index is now trading at a 14-month high, and this has basically contributed to a weakening gold prices. We know that, generally speaking, gold goes the opposite direction of the U.S. dollar. And if you look at it, a strong dollar going forward is exactly what the analysts are calling for, saying that the market's going to improve and the rest of the picture looks very good. Now, if I was taking the other side of the argument, I wanted to be bold instead of fold and I wanted to buy or make the case for owning and continuing to support my uh, ownership, numerous countries around the world outside of the Western uh, Hemisphere are moving away from the U.S. dollar. It's not so much that the dollar is strengthening as it is other currencies weakening. That's what we're not paying attention to, especially the euro right now, which comprises 57% of that dollar index when we put it in the basket of other currencies. But the bigger issue is the trend of countries diversifying out of the greenback, which continues to gain stream. China just signed a bilateral currency swap agreement worth 150 billion won or 24 point something billion U.S. dollars with the Swiss central banks. Uh, and they can invest up to 15 billion won in Chinese bond market as a result of that agreement. This is a three-year swap. It marks a change in the mentality. And this is happening all over the world. You've heard Paul and myself and Jeremy talk about the BRIC nations. Mm-hmm sometimes referred to as the BRICS. This is uh, Brazil and Russia and China and India and uh, sometimes... South Africa. Correct. And ultimately, they are, as an entity, looking to do more business together, trade in their regional currencies, and are also moving away from the U.S. dollar. So this doesn't bode well for the U.S. dollar long term either. One of the reasons that central banks buy gold, because they kind of lose a little bit of faith in fiat currencies. That's paper currencies. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing this more and more. you know, you look at the news and you look at the business news especially. I mean, you know, I'm up 5, 6 o'clock in the morning watching CNBC. You know, they hate gold. They hate silver. They just love the stock market. Well, this, you know, uh, CNBC is a, is a channel that is all the adverts and all the commercials are all about brokerage houses, all about banks that have placed their ads. If you look at the news today uh, in the States, 
unemployment went up by 11,000 people went on to unemployment. If the U.S. economy is booming, how come there is so many people still going on to unemployment? If you look at foreclosures, for example, foreclosures are starting to creep up again in the states, which means people are not paying their mortgages or they've been on the books of banks for a long time and they have to liquidate some of these assets because the banks have to show some capital, not just receivables. And with some of these foreclosures, they've got them on the books. A home that was worth 500000 is worth 200000 It's still on the books for 500000 It's like going into a, you know, a big warehouse and seeing all these you know, boxes on, a, on pallets and all the way stacked up, but you know if there's goods in them. And this is the same thing. A guild hall, which is really, really important, we sell physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We're not in the paper business. We don't sell equities. We don't sell ETFs. We don't sell futures, options on futures, or certificates. We sell the bars. You take a 100-ounce bar and drop it on the ground, it makes a clang. That's a $2,000 bar. You take a $100 bill or take the same $2,000 in bills and drop it on the floor, you don't hear anything. You know, gold and silver is a hard asset. If you would have taken 10 years ago, as a quick example, $10,000 cash, put it in a coffee can, buried it in the back garden. Today, 10 years later, you know, it's got a buying power, maybe about $7,000. If you would have taken 10 years ago and bought 2,500 ounces of silver, silver was trading at $4. Even at $4, that $10,000 investment at $19 silver today is still worth, you know, $45,000, the worst way versus cash of $10,000. Yeah, you may have got a little bit of interest, but interest rates right now are zero. Um, In actual fact, the banks are probably confiscating your wealth because of inflation and everything else that's going on around there. Even though silver and gold is down, we're still up close to 400% over the last four years. We're down 50-60% from the high of 2011. We believe at Guildhall that gold and silver is going to have a run-up. I think silver is going to go up past the $49 that we we saw in 2011. Gold was a high of $1,900 and change. I think that's going to get taken out too. It's a matter of time. The stock market has been booming for the last three, three years for the simple reason the Fed has created all types of money. They've bought $85 billion worth of crap every single month and put the money into the banks that that hasn't trickled down to Joe Public. You know, the average person can't get a bank loan, a business can't get a bank loan in the States. That money has gone into Wall Street and has gone into the stock market. You need to hold gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds in your portfolio. We have several different ways to get in to owning gold and silver. You can buy it outright, take home delivery, or you can use our depository facility where you can take your product where it's secured, It's allocated, it's insured, it's segregated. We can even give you the bar numbers. In actual fact, I have a client tomorrow that's coming out who has quite a lot of silver and is bringing with him another client because he wants to, we're bringing out the palette of his product Hmm. with all the bars. You know, I was, in, I was in the depository last week, the same thing. I brought a client that had 10,000 ounces of silver. We brought it out on a pallet. They took down the bar numbers. They even stood on top of the bars and we took a picture. 
It's not to go on Facebook, but it's a great, great picture of somebody standing on 10,000 ounces of silver. This is what we do at Guildhall. We even have financing available, but financing is not for everybody if you don't want to take any risk. But if you want to buy the product outright, we're offering till the end of the year no storage, no storage fees. Our storage fees are 1.3% a year annually. Um, From now until January the 1st, there is no storage. With, there's a fee for opening an account and a, a management fee. We're going to forgive that as well till the end of the year. This is a great opportunity to buy and to add to your to to your position every month. If silver today is trading, you know, at, at eighteen or nineteen dollars, it's a bargain. You should jump in, buy, load up the boat because that's what I do. Because there's no way that silver can remain at these prices nor gold. It's going to move up, and when it does move up, you're going to miss the boat. Literally miss the boat. It's better to be one month too early than one day too late. Because what happens when you're late? You never ever. You say, "Well, I wait for it to come off. I wait for it to drop," and it never ever happens, and you miss it. This is an opportunity. You only get so many windows of opportunity in your life. And today, I believe gold and silver at these prices, what a win. one silver and therealmoneyshow.com. We'll take a short break. The number one silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the e-commerce site and what else, Taryn? We're going to talk about an article written by Andrew Hoffman called The Single Most Bullish Precious Metals Factor Imaginable. And back with more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com online. Let's talk about the e-commerce site, Darren. Well, launching uh, over the next few weeks, and again, it's been a soft launch. We'll uh, probably announce some type of hard launch in the near future, but give it a try. Go to our website. In the top right corner, you'll see our uh, Precious Metals e-store logo. You can click on there, and if you'd like to just go ahead and make an a unassisted purchase of bullion of any type uh, that we offer on that site, you may feel free to do so. It's very clean. It's easy to use. It's organized and laid out uh, effectively for you to either choose gold or or silver at this point in several different types of product. There is a flat rate shipping fee for orders under 5000 and shipping for orders over 5000 is now free uh, for the time being. And, of course, if you are an existing client, you may also take advantage of this at this point in time. The prices are right there for you to see. And, of course, uh, once you've made your purchase of whatever bullion you wish to buy, uh, you can feel free to contact our firm and we'll make sure that the order gets processed effectively and that the bullion gets to you whether you're picking up or having it delivered to wherever you are. And, again, this is accessible to anybody around the world, wherever they may be. We're very excited about it. And more announcements as we add more product to the site will be forthcoming. And uh, it's easy to do. It couldn't be easier. And it's, you know, it's, it's e-commerce. It's very, very simple. You did mention as well, just before we took a break, the single most bullish precious metal factor imaginable. What is it? I'm going to tell you right now, I read an article this week by a gentleman named Andrew Hoffman. And what he is, is a former trader, works for a metals uh, outfit now. And of course, take it with a grain of salt, a slight bias, but certainly been through uh, with firms like Payne Weber and uh, Solomon Smith Barney, another big firm. Uh, but he's been in the business 16 years, and what he basically said in his article was that uh, Wall Street is dead. 
no longer do they use the hard and cold fact and data finding process that they uh, once attributed to the success they were having in Wall Street. It's long been discredited, and by that I mean equity research. So doing your research and trying to be Warren Buffett is not going to happen in our lifetime again. It needs a reset. And what he's saying is uh, the traditional economic roles of capital formation and allocation are no longer necessary. It's it's basically been two decades of offshoring productivity gains and the emergence of the Eastern Hemisphere with powers like China and America's economic empire uh, has been an irreversible decline because of these factors. Now, when he talks about bullion, what he's saying is it comes down to currency. Because we are in the process of printing so much money, and let me remind people how much money has been printed, we've gone to basically a monetary base which existed around 2008, took a few hundred years to create of around $800 billion in the U.S., flipping from the Bush administration to the Obama administration, and things were already in play. Obama just kind of set them uh, into, uh, into role more so. They've taken the monetary base and basically expanded it in both physical and non-physical, digital, if you will, currencies, uh, from $800 billion to now $4 trillion. That's a quintuple, quintupling of the monetary base in six years. What took 200 years to build took six years to quintuple. Now, for those that are out there that think that something can't come that's very evil and dark and going to change the way we think about uh, our daily investment habits, uh, you're living on a white cloud, and I believe that you will fall through that cloud very shortly. It is not a very good time out there to be an investor because so much is manipulated, so much is not as what it is, what it seems to be. And this article really spells it out for them. So we've included it, we're going to include it in the Precious Metals Advisor this week. And uh, he's just basically arguing that uh, the, the final cancerous stage of the Fiat Ponzi scheme and global economic growth has been so badly crippled, politicians and central bankers are resorting to dramatic currency devaluations in the hope of gaining uh, manufacturing market shares or what we call jobs. The fact that inflation erodes the value of such gains and prompts basically draconian retaliation by other nations is the form of competitive currency devaluation that we at Giltall have talked about and discussed uh, until we're blue in the face. Every seminar I bring it up, every time I meet with somebody I talk about currency devaluation and it bothers these people zero, zilch, they don't care because as long as the Wall Street cronies get their bonuses... The system that's put in place was not put in place for you and I to secede. This was put in place for the powers that be to succeed and have the free will to exercise their control over the economy. And he's saying that basically what's going to happen is that, and I quote, the single most bullish PM factor imaginable is the catastrophic economic dislocation, political and social tension and inflation caused by the currency volatility inherent in all fiat currency regimes. Such volatility increases their inevitable end approaches and the current emerging market currency plunge, which is in places like the euro, now that we're seeing the euro fall against the Mm -hmm. uh, U.S. dollar and the Japanese yen, of course, falling against the U.S. dollar. Uh, and uh, this is this is the fourth episode we've seen in the past five years of these currency pullbacks. He's saying this could literally set in motion the largest and most devastating uh, bad economic event we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And you know what his advice is? 
put 90% of your liquid assets into gold or silver. This 90%. Is a f- 90%. This is a former Wall Street trader. This is a guy who was on the inside, who worked for, for, for firms just like J.P. Morgan and the like. He knows the inner workings. He knows what has happened and what has transpired, and he's very clear about the data he uses in this article, and it's very supportive of his point, and he believes it's a deadly zero-sum game. So from this, what we would take is say, hey, we don't recommend 90%. We never have, never will, but a portion of your portfolio can be dedicated to physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and of course, colored diamonds. It's very simple. And at Guildhall, when we're talking about owning physical gold and silver, we're talking about bars. We're talking about mm-hmm. coins. As Paul said earlier, when it falls on the floor, you hear it. It's a clang. It's something that uh, it's instills confidence in whole countries to see that a currency is backed by something. It's why central banks are ramping up their purchases. It's why we're seeing more and more behind-the-scenes buying in gold and silver than we ever have, despite the price being down. Well, one of the reasons, I mean, they're buying gold and silver because they know their currency is going to be devalued. I mean, even in Canada, we were on par uh, even last year or the year mm-hmm. before with the U.S. dollar. All of a sudden, it's close to 1.10 because somebody said, well, we can't export, we can't compete with the U.S. So, you know, they smash the dollar down. Uh, as a buyer, everything that comes in from the States to Canada costs you more. It's great for exports, but it's terrible for imports. You know, this is why we look at inflation. You know, things like fruit and vegetables, you know, we don't grow many oranges, you know, in the middle of winter here, you know, or plums or any grapefruits. You know, it comes from Florida and California. It costs more and more to bring that in when you devalue your dollar down to a dollar ten. It's great for exports, terrible for imports. And most of the product... That we get from the states, we're paying more. So people always say, why is it so much more? We can buy this cheaper in the U.S. Because of what's happening with fiat currencies. You keep depreciating your dollar. You're paying. It It hurts the small individual. It hurts Joe Public. It doesn't hurt somebody who makes $5 million a year. They're not going to skip a meal a day. Um, but the average person, it affects them. It affects them with the gas pumps. It affects them with the grocery stores. You know, I, I, it just amazes me when they come up and they say there's no inflation. It's uh, only 2% a year. I mean, what a load of nonsense. I mean, you know, go to a movie. I mean, you need to take two American Express cards to get just popcorn and a, you know, a drink and a get into a movie. It's expensive. Go out to a restaurant today. It used to be twenty nine ninety five for a good steak. I mean, I was in a restaurant the other day. It was fifty nine ninety five. I mean, these prices are just going out of control. One eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show dot com now to start investing in physical gold, silver, natural, fancy colored diamonds. Physical assets is what we're talking about. Question, Darren, is it possible to suggest that, uh, you know, the average American or Canadian, for that matter, still living beyond their means? Are we witnessing any sort of, uh, you know, recovery beyond the norm that's showing any evidence of living standards improving or income shooting higher? Smoke show kicking the can? Nothing? It is. It's the proverbial kicking the can. It really is. I read an article this week, and of course, delving behind the headlines is equally important. And so I did that and 
double tested the data that was in this article. And in fact, every three years, the Federal Reserve releases a survey of consumer finances that is a basic stockpile of data on everything from household net worth to incomes. And I have in front of me the 2013 survey, which confirms what we have talked about at length, which is that uh, unfortunately, what is happening right now is that uh, the monetary interventions that have been put in place, like quantitative easing and TARP and other lending programs, Mm -hmm have failed up to this point to accomplish an increase in production to foster higher levels of economic activity. Now, with the average American still living well beyond their means, and you just pointed that out, John, the reality is that economic growth is going to remain very mired at lower levels because savings are not being diverted into productive investment, but into debt service. I mean, imagine if you're a listener to our show and you're listening to this, you're driving the car, you're at home, you're at work or play, wherever you are right now, imagine what your level of debt was 10 years ago. Would you trade it for what your level of debt is right now? And I'll bet you the answer for 90% of the people is yes, I would. I would gladly do that because I know very few people that have decreased their debt. So although they're trying to plug more savings in to fill that hole, Mm -hmm. the fact that their debt has risen means that the majority of that savings has to go to service that debt. Now, this can be expanded to the global economy. And these are the reasons why, under the scenes, we buy physical gold, physical silver, colored diamonds, good quality, good quality assets that over the span of time maintain purchasing power. If you look at even the median value of net worth for families with holdings, i.e. some mm-hmm. type of investment, they peaked out at around uh, one point, you know, it was basically $130,000 uh, was the median value of net worth at around just before 2008. Right now and since 2008, the median value of net worth for families with holdings is falling precariously close to 80,000. That is a drop of some 60-70%. And that's an amazing uh, statistic to look at because it's not that much different here in Canada, although StatsCan does a poor job of reporting it. In, in When you look at the age groups, they'll tell you in the States that, hey, the labor participation rate is way down because you got baby boomers retiring. And that's just not the case yet. In fact, the one age-related group of people that have seen their income rise since 2008, those that are above the age of 65. They have most of the money in the country, don't they? They've got the most money, right? That's the 1%. That's where they all are. In addition to that, because people have not, this tells us also, people have not been retiring. In fact, they're staying on and working. That's why their income is rising, because they have no choice but to service that which they built up in total debt, thinking that because of their investments prior to 2008, they'd be able to retire comfortably. This is a reset, and it should come as no surprise. It happens every so often. In the 80s, pay close attention to what happened to gold and silver. By 76, the price of gold fell from 200 to $100. John, imagine how many people quit said, the heck with this. I'm not invested in an asset that just tore me due. A lot of bridge jumping contests. That's right. Absolutely. Companies, a lot of people, you know, it's terrible. This is what happens. Bankruptcies, everything. By the end of the 1970s, in January of 1980, gold not only went up back to 200, not to 500, not even to 700. It went to 850 an ounce. And imagine how many people said, honey, we're never touching gold again, only to witness it hit its most historic high of the time. It's come and surpassed that. And what we're trying to point out here is that we're not sitting here with a crystal ball telling we know exactly what the price is. 
based on the facts and the fundamentals that have been in place, we have seen a bullish market uh, transform gold and silver from very low prices where we started as a firm back at $4 an ounce in silver <laughs> and back at uh, you know below $300 an ounce in gold all the way up to seeing gold hit $1,920 an ounce plus and silver hit $49 an ounce plus. And all Paul was saying earlier in the show was that this is where we're going back. This is when the world realizes what the situation is and that you know 90% of the people are, are making only 10% of the money. This is what's happening and why we're going to see people invest in gold and silver and colored diamonds and other assets like that. There's so many places you can, only so many places you can put money. You can put money in real estate. You can put money in the stock market. You can put money into, you know, gold, silver, diamonds. Not everything goes up at one time. You know, the stock market's up at the moment. What goes up comes down. Real estate is up. Once they start putting up interest rates, real estate is going to be affected. Um, Inflation puts the price of gold and silver up. We believe gold and silver is going to take off. You know, get our precious metal advisor. If you want to buy a product, whether you want to take it home or you want to put it in the depository, you know, we're offering no no storage fee on your deposit till January the 1st. No, no fees, management fees to open an account. Minimum order is 200 ounces of silver. You can get and open an account. Go to our e-commerce site. If you want to just purchase silver, take it home. Or if you want to make a, a purchase, have it delivered. There's no fee for it. We'll wrap it for another week. You should be convinced as you are. The number is simple, like Paul said, one eight seven seven eight silver And online to therealmoneyshow.com.